0: As Carmilla would not hear of an attendant sleeping in her room, my father arranged that a servant should sleep outside her door, so that she could not attempt to make another such excursion without being arrested at her own door. That night passed quietly. The next morning early, the doctor, whom my father had sent for without telling me a word about it, arrived to see me. Madame accompanied me to the library, and there the grave little doctor with white hair and spectacles, whom I mentioned before was waiting to receive me. I told him my story, and as I proceeded, he grew graver and graver. We were standing, he and I, in the recess of one of the windows facing one another. When my statement was over, he leaned with his shoulders against the wall, and with his eyes fixed on me earnestly, with an interest in which was a dash of horror. After a minute's reflection, he asked Madame if he could see my father. He was sent for accordingly, and as he entered smiling, he said, I dare say, doctor, you are going to tell me that I am an old fool for having brought you here. I hope I am. But his smile faded into shadow as the doctor, with a very grave face, beckoned him to him. He and the doctor talked for some time in the same recess where I had just conferred with the physician. It seemed an earnest and argumentative conversation. The room is very large, and I and madame stood together, burning with curiosity at the farther end. Not a word could we hear, however, for they spoke in a very low tone, and the deep recess of the window quite concealed the doctor from view, and very nearly my father, whose foot, arm, and shoulder only could we see, and the voices were, I suppose, all the less audible, for the sort of closet which the thick wall and the window formed. After a time my father's face looked into the room. It was pale, thoughtful, and I fancied agitated. Laura dear, come here for a moment. Madame, we shan't trouble you, the doctor says at present. Accordingly I approached, for the first time a little alarmed, for although I felt very weak, I did not feel ill, and strength... One always fancies is a thing that may be picked up when we please. My father held out his hand to me as I drew near, but he was looking at the doctor and he said, It certainly is very odd. I don't understand it quite. Laura, come here, dear. Now attend to Dr. Spielsberg and recollect yourself. You mentioned a sensation like that of two needles piercing the skin somewhere about your neck on the night when you experienced your first horrible dream. Is there still any soreness? None at all, I answered. Can you indicate with your finger about the point at which you think this occurred? Very little below my throat. Here, I answered. I wore a morning dress, which covered the place I pointed to. Now you can satisfy yourself, said the doctor. You won't mind your papa's lowering your dress a very little. It is necessary to detect a symptom of the complaint under which you have been suffering. I acquiesced. It was only an inch or two below the edge of my collar. God bless me, so it is, exclaimed my father, growing pale. You see it now with your own eyes, said the doctor with a gloomy triumph. What is it? I exclaimed, beginning to be frightened. Nothing, my dear young lady but a small blue spot about the size of the tip of your little finger, and now, he continued turning to Papa, the question is, what is best to be done? Is there any danger? I urged in great trepidation. I trust not, my dear, answered the doctor. I don't see why you should not recover. I don't see why you should not begin immediately to get better. That is the point at which the sense of strangulation begins. Yes, I answered. And recollect as well as you can, the same point was a kind of center of that thrill which you described just now, like the current of a cold stream running against you. It may have been. I think it was. I, you see, he added, turning to my father. Shall I say a word to madame?